0: Hello, caregivers. Welcome to my podcast. This is a place for helping professionals and personal caregivers to share openly and honestly about the true hardships of providing care to others. While we also talk about sustainable solutions to self-care and personal wellness. My name is Amanda Rochelow. I am a registered clinical social worker and a compassionate specialist, and I am committed to helping the helpers. Hey, so I figured this is my first podcast, so I will just start with a bit of an introduction and let you guys know a little bit about me. Um, So as I mentioned in my intro, I am a registered uh, social worker in Ontario. I uh, work out of Ottawa. And uh, there I have a little private practice, and I really focus on um, providing services to Helping professionals. So uh, that ranges from uh, paramedics, nurses, teachers, therapists, other social workers. I work with all sorts of different people like that. And I also, um, in my practice, work with a lot of personal caregivers, so uh, parents or um, folks taking care of their aging parents, um, or children with disabilities, or um, addiction issues. So you know, I, I use the term caregivers a lot because I think that's um, a kind of title that that really unites us all. We have different job titles and different roles and different responsibilities, and some of us get paid and some of us don't. But I think at the end of the day, our common ground is that we all give care. So I like using that term caregivers to unite us all. So so that's what my practice is focused on is um, providing services to caregivers. And um, I particularly focus on um, identifying and um, Managing symptoms related to um, occupational stress conditions like compassion fatigue, uh, vicarious trauma, or secondary traumatic stress, and, of course, burnout. And so a lot of uh, the work I do is around just um, kind of doing some psychoeducation and letting people know that these are different types of occupational stresses that particularly impact caregivers and that when we have this common language that unites us all and that we can identify the signs and the symptoms of these types of occupational stress, um, that, uh, that that's really the first step to um, healing uh, individually and um, as, as a group or as a community of caregivers as well. So I remember starting about six, seven years ago, doing uh, different types of training and and presentations around compassion fatigue. And I used to ask the audience, how many of you know what compassion fatigue is? And maybe one or two would raise their hand. And on the most part, those folks were arriving at these presentations because they heard the term and were curious about it and really didn't know anything about it. So they were there really to just learn about what compassion fatigue is or, or vicarious trauma And then, you know, fast forward many years later. And now when I go out and do these presentations, um, I ask the audience, how many of you know the terms compassion fatigue or vicarious trauma? And I'd say most usually raise their hand, particularly people in um, kind of frontline work, social service work. So the language is starting to trickle in. To um, our everyday work, and people are starting to talk about the reality of 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 um, being in these helping roles, and and starting to watch for it, monitor for it, and recognize our how important it is to evaluate our own mental health. So that's really wonderful transition that I've had a chance to to witness over the last uh, uh, half a decade or so. So that's really what I do, um, and I absolutely love it. And I do it because I myself have my own uh, personal motivators um, and my own personal story that is related to um, compassion fatigue and um, stress related to trauma exposure and uh, feelings of depletion and burnout. And so you know, along along the way, as a lot of these signs and symptoms started to emerge in my own personal life uh, and related to my professional life, I started to go out looking for answers and trying to figure out what I was really experiencing and what on earth I was going to do about it. And uh, I got so frustrated with just hearing about that conversation of self-care. You know, everywhere I'd go, I'd start to say, not feeling so great. I'm feeling really exhausted. I mean, exhausted to my bones, to my core. Um, it wasn't just a matter of being tired um, or being run down. You know, having having low energy. It was really this deep rooted fatigue and exhaustion. And I would try to talk about it. And of course, then I didn't have any of the language. I wasn't able to name it compassion fatigue. I didn't even. It wasn't even a part of my vocabulary at the time. And I talked to people about it and they would say, you know, Amanda, it's really important to practice self-care. And so I just kept hearing that over and over and over again. And I would I would try so hard, but, you know, I have this really busy life, sometimes, you know, having multiple jobs or different roles in the community. And um, I ha- had a growing family. I had three young children, um, you know, and two that were still in diapers. And it was just this, this idea that I was supposed to put something else on my plate and call it self care, you know, wedge it into this really busy life. And, uh, and it just, it, it felt impossible. It felt like a burden to have this self care conversation or to make a commitment to self care actually felt more stressful and more of a burden than anything else. And, um, so naturally, you know, I, I I either wouldn't do it at all, or I would try and then feel really exhausted or uh, even guilty. You know, there were times where I felt guilty when I practiced self care, because if I was there, you know, I used to go swimming. So I tried to go swimming three days a week. And, you know, because I was miss efficiency. So I was going to try to go swimming and get my exercise in and do my self care, kind of clear my head at the same time, because just didn't have time for it or energy for it at all. So I thought, I thought that was going to be a good, efficient strategy, um, for me. So, so I'm at the pool and I'm swimming away and all the while I'm, I'm just consumed with these, with guilt and these thoughts about how, you know, because I was choosing to be there, I was going to pick the kids up late at daycare and I had to leave work a little early or at least even on time, um, to be there. And it just, it just, you know, it would kind of, that guilt, of um, thinking about all the other things that I could be doing or needed to do uh, was there. And then, you know, if I skipped the self-care routine, you know, in order to attend to the other things, so, you know, the kids, um, you know, I would feel like they needed to be picked up on time and couldn't be picked up late that day or We had an after-school commitment or um, I chose to stay late at work a little bit, so I skipped over the opportunity to go swimming. Whatever it may be, that also instilled guilt in me because I knew what the consequences were if I didn't practice self-care. So I felt guilty if I did practice self-care or go swimming. I felt guilty if I didn't. And it was just a lot of pressure. And it really wasn't helpful for me at the time to have – those remarks, um, kind of tossed at me anytime I tried to, to talk about, uh, my challenges or the, the difficulties that I was having, uh, both physically and mentally and, and, and in terms of coping with this, you know, kind of mix of personal and professional life. And, and, um, and that was it. That was all I, I got was, you know, this, this ownership of, of my own self-care, and this pressure—that's what it felt like. So, so I kind of vowed that, um, you know, through through my whole journey of kind of getting out of that burnout phase and finding a sustainable way to practice self care, uh, uh, to practice social work, uh, to be a parent. Um, as I found the solutions, I kind of vowed that I would go out into the world and 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 have these conversations and talk authentically about the realities of caregiving. And not be just another person that puts pressure on people to practice self-care. Because I really think that when we're talking about these really difficult caregiving roles and the challenges of being out there in healthcare or in social services and dealing with a lot of um, suffering, a lot of hardship, a lot of trauma information, that self-care practices, at least the ones that are kind of on the surface... Um, really are not going to cut it. They, uh, we need some other options and some other solutions to really help us through all of that. And we just need to get real and talk about the realities of it. You know, I think that's really the first, the first step is just creating this common ground where we can all just speak openly and honestly about the challenges of being a caregiver. It is, it is uh, quite difficult at times and. When we talk about the challenges of being a caregiver, that doesn't mean that we don't want to do it anymore. I remember a long time ago, I started talking about how I was struggling a little bit with some of the uh, experiences that I was having at work. And uh, somebody said to me, you know, uh, has it ever occurred to you that maybe you're not cut out for social work, or you wouldn't want to do this for the rest of your life? And that was like, a knife to the heart. I I just I had dedicated my so many years at that point to becoming a social worker, and it felt like it was what I was supposed to do, is like what I am put on this planet to do. And as soon as I start talking about the challenges of it, somebody goes and says, maybe I'm not cut out for it, and it just it it ached. And you know what it did was it shut me down. I didn't talk openly for a really long time after that about, um, the hardships of caregiving. And I just kind of would slap on that fake smile. And when everybody would say, how are you? I would just say, I'm fine. And, and it really closed me down that kind of remark, you know? So I hope that through this podcast, um, and through sharing my own story that, um, Maybe it helps some people to feel, um, safe and open and, um, willing to share their own experiences and their own stories, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, all the parts of, of caregiving. And, uh, I hope on this podcast that I'll be doing a lot of interviews with other caregivers of all sorts of different types, health professionals, uh, helping professionals, caregivers, uh, personal alike. And, um, uh, you know, just getting people to uh share their story with you, and I hope that in in uh listening to their stories that it makes you feel maybe a little bit more grounded validated um and uh together as a community of caregivers so um, thanks for listening, guys, and I hope uh, that I get a chance to um, send you off a, a podcast from time to time, and, um, and I hope it's helpful. So uh, get in touch if you want to hear some stuff about some specific topics, and, uh, or, from, or if you want to be one of those people that gets interviewed and, and want to share your story here, then I welcome that. So thanks. Take care. I mean that.